0: Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour on a hump day, Wednesday, April the 11th. I'm Joe Jaquint, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. For more than two decades, been bringing you the news to disturb the comfortable. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. To the website at www. Remember when you used to say that, www? No one says that anymore. The website at allamericangold.com. Don't forget our Facebook page. Get out there. We're giving away free gold for no other reason than I want to promote our new Facebook page. We're going to start doing a lot of things. I know I've been saying that for a while, but it's starting to happen. We're going to be doing a lot of things out there. Make sure you get in. Uh, you have until midnight Sunday. So think about it. It's Easter, Easter weekend coming up. Uh, so do it now because you're going to get distracted. You're going to get busy. Uh, you know, whether it's Easter brunch or maybe you're going to have your sons or your daughters or the grandkids coming over. Uh, make sure you get your guess in what the closing price of gold will be at the end of out to our Facebook page, Patriot Trading Group's Facebook page. And I've said this a few times. I'll say it again just to get, you know, we have a couple of them. Uh, we, we way back when we knew we'd use Facebook. We just didn't know when we'd use it. Eric had set us up, but then we never used it for like a decade, and we don't know the password to it. So you got to make sure you, you, you find the one that actually has the contest on it. Uh, if you go out to our website at All American Gold, Right, above where all, right below where all the spot prices are, we've got the link. Uh, and get your guests in. Winner gets a free 10-ounce Gold Eagle. Don't have to be a customer. No purchase necessary. No, nothing. All you got to do is put a guest in. Send it to your friends. Let them guess. It really doesn't matter. Uh, so you can do that out at Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Patriot Trading 1. The link is on our website as well. The podcast as well. Speaking of Easter weekend, we are uh, closed on Friday. And I'll, I'll say closed this way. We are the rate no radio show Friday. The markets are closed. Uh, KXXT is closed. The station is closed. So we won't do a show on Friday. Uh, Arlene and I will be here. Uh, we've got some shipping. By the way, uh, metals plant, they're out. They're out. They're going. They're on their way. Uh, we have more shipping again tomorrow, and uh, if we have to, we'll finish up on Friday. So right now, I'm going to say 50-50 on Friday, whether we're going to be here or not. I know 100% sure, no show. Uh, if we can get all the shipping done, then we may just take the day off, because you know, we'll call that vacation, because that's how you do it in America any longer. No one could actually afford to take a whole week's vacation. I mean, that's just expensive. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, we got to have a hotel for a week, right? You know, you got to put the gas in the car. Uh, they're saying that this summer I know this will make you feel good. Gasoline prices are going to be at least 25 cents higher than last summer. So 25 cents a gallon higher than last summer. That should make everybody happy. You'd probably, boost, Maybe it'll boost retail sales. Hey, we'll take it where we can get it. Uh, speaking of of taking it where we can get it. We had the Dallas Fed governor and he was talking today gave a great uh, interview and talking about where the United States is at and we're going to we're going to share all of the details with you cuz it really is funny how the the media wants to take only little parts and what parts they take versus the other parts that he said that were probably way more important. Uh, but we're, we're going to get to that as as well. And, and of course, another store, uh, Jimboree. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's a baby retailer. Jimboree. Uh, looks like they've got a debt payment to make. It is one of those interest-only payments. Uh, apparently... Uh, they've got little interest in being able to pay the interest. Uh, looks like they are going to be uh, preparing for a bankruptcy filing. They, they have The payments due June the 1st. So my guess is sometime next month, probably in the next 30 to, to 40 days, uh, we are going to have another uh, bankruptcy filing. The sad part about these bankruptcy filings is they're turning into liquidation. Have you noticed that, where these companies, they're not able to to find a buyer? They're not able to reorganize. They're not able to get any more money, and they're just liquidating completely. Just yesterday alone, uh, two different retailers announced the liquidation of almost uh, 500, over 500 stores. H.H. Uh, Gregg, uh, an appliance, I think an appliance electronics company along the East Coast, and then one of the dollar stores—I forget which one—but uh, one of the dollar stores just said, "You know what? We're going." They didn't—they—they did not even file something. They went immediately uh, to liquidation. But we'll talk about all of those things. Uh, and then, like I said, don't forget to get your guests in. Get get out the Facebook, share it with your friends. Let them put a guest in. Where the the price of gold is going to be at the at the end of April? Uh, we are working. Uh, we should have a a fresh look for the website here in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be uh, going over that, and I'm also going to do a couple of videos. Yeah, I know, it's scary, right? No one wants to see that, but uh, we got all that coming up. Got great stuff going on. We got a great show for you. Don't touch that. <laughs> Picture radio I'm news, news, news hour eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two Jay Giles died yesterday. You know, the Jay Giles band, he was actually he was not the singer. Uh he, he was actually the lead guitarist of the band. Uh but that was just and I grew up on those guys. That, uh, you know, they did what freeze frame and uh well, Centerfold, right? Obviously, probably their their, their biggest hits, but uh, Love Stinks, right? <laughs> right? I mean, those are great songs. Uh, he died yesterday, 71 years old. Natural Causes, too, so uh, just a sad thing. You know, I, I don't know. You know, my wife and I, we love Dancing with the Stars. Does anybody, I mean, I don't know why, but it's just something that, forever that i can remember we have always threatened that we would we were going to take dancing lessons right we two things we want to do we wanted to be able to learn how to country dance and learn how to you know formally dance we've never actually done it right but we've always talked about that we were going to you know as soon as these kids get out of the house we're going to do it right it's, what of those things that we've, we've threatened to do? You know, we, we did a cooking class for the first time, and we, we did, like, last month, and that was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, but Mr. T got voted off just last night. And I will tell you, this guy does not break character. I mean, he's still got the Mr. T mohawk. And the, I mean, obviously he's older now, but it's Mr. T. And uh, every time I every time I see him, I just think, I pity the fool. And uh, anyway, he got voted off. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. But uh, just a couple of things that made me think of my childhood, you know, the Jay Giles band and uh, the A-team, right, and the A-team van, and uh, just a sad day. Anyway, more about that later couple of things that were really, really interesting. Now, gold, by the way, another high for the year again this morning. Uh, Gold's now Uh, $1,275. Broke through uh, all of the resistance, I guess, the last of it being the 200-day moving average and is now closed above it. Uh, And my guess is that... Probably going to see it pretty strong through the Easter weekend. Uh, the, the the markets will be closed here in the U.S. on Friday, so tomorrow will be kind of the last day of trading in gold for the U.S. markets. But Federal Reserve Dallas President uh, Robert Kaplan. And this is, you know, remember, uh, we did uh, Daniel Martino, We had her on the air. Uh, she wrote the book Fed Up, talking about you know, her biggest thing was how the Fed is is more concerned about economic models and economic theory than they are about the actual economy itself uh, and the fact that they have uh, way too much on their plate and that they should strip away the employment mandate that was given to them in the 70s. Uh, she stops a little short. She, she doesn't want an audit of the Fed. I think they absolutely needed to be audited. And really, they probably need to go away. But uh, Dallas President Robert Kaplan had a lot to say this morning. The markets have chosen to ignore most of it. He warned in, in, in that with the United States, we are a highly leveraged country implicitly warning that the country's ability to boost growth through debt is limited and i want you know and it's so funny that he comes out and says hey listen i don't know that you know we can get growth through debt well remember this is how we've done it right this this great huge bubble that we all reside in that we live in You know, you think about the national debt was four hundred billion dollars in nineteen seventy one. We would do we would probably have a celebration if the yearly debt ever got back below four hundred billion dollars. Probably never going to happen. And now we sit, you know, the, the, the debt clock is shut off. Right, we've hit the debt ceiling. We know the number's 20000000000000 trillion-something. By the way, you know, when con- Congress is on break, you know, they needed a little break because, you know, they've been working hard for a couple of months. When they return, I think they've got uh, four days. I want to say April the 29th uh, before the government shuts down if they don't pass a budget. So that were, there's only going to be four days after they get back. Uh, but just, you know, one more thing to worry about. But here's a guy that, that's that been on the Federal Reserve. They took out $4 trillion worth of debt. Right? Their balance sheet's got $4.5 trillion on it. And he says that the country's ability to boost growth through debt is limited. What about the Federal Reserve's ability? Speaking in Fort Worth, Texas, Kaplan said today that general measures of unemployment in the United States, and now remember, they keep telling us how great the jobs are, right? The unemployment rate's only 4.5%. That there is still slack in the labor market, although it is abating. So he says it's getting better. Then he added that he sees U.S. gross domestic product, GDP growth, of about 2% in 2017. I really, I mean, do they say anything else other than that? (laughs) I think that's the only guess any of them have. The unemployment rate, he said, can go lower than 4.5%. I mean, it's incredible. What a great number. If it was a real number, that would actually mean something. But since they don't count anybody, except a person that's been out of work for less than, you know, a couple of months, doesn't really mean anything. The labor market in general is getting tighter. Unless you work in retail, (laughs) then it's probably not very tight at all. Kaplan says the economy is not running away. I think we can all agree with that. And the Fed can afford to be gradual. So they're, again, making this case, right, what what they all want to do. They all want to talk tough, but the reality is our interest rates aren't going to go that high. Well, I'm going to say this. They're not going to go that high because because that's what the Fed wants. He also noted that the Fed's balance sheet, which we just talked about, right, you know, it can start to be cut by the end of the year. But he says, I'm not going to get into the pause, no pause, right? That's their big thing. Well, we're going to raise, raise, and then we're going take a pause. It's more, author- uh, more appropriate to talk about the path. See, it doesn't really matter about the timing. It's just the path. We're on this path. It's a nice path, right? It goes through the woods. Right, around the bend, you know what, you pass grandma's house, right, the, the big bad wolves out there and the three little pigs, all of it's out there, with little red riding hoods on it. It's a great path. The objective and the initiative to, to let the balance sheet run off does not alter my view as to what the path of rates should be. shrinking balance sheet hopefully later this year he said that the balance sheet runoff as he's calling it will create some tightening right that'll force rates higher they think says it's important that the balance sheet shrinkage is predictable so in other words he wants they want to make sure that the markets know exactly what they're going to to do again no independence. Right? They'd want to be complicit, right? And this is another reason. If you're not going to be independent, you can't ask to be for independence, right? Either you're independent or you're not. And of course they're not because they can't be. Because if they were actually independent, the market would actually have to price risk. Then he goes on to say, and this is where it got interesting. The U.S. debt is to become a bigger issue as rates normalize. Listen, it's going to be the bigger issue because it's, he knows. This is kind of where they gradually start talking some truth. He already knows. right? There's nothing his MIT mafia friends can do about it. There's nothing his economic models can do about it. Deficits are exploding. I mean, think about it. Right, we're, we're talking. We can't even get under four hundred billion. And he he said that the United States, and this is his words, highly leveraged, can't use debt to boost GDP any longer. And if you can't use debt to boost GDP, what are we going to use? Because that's been the trick. That's been the economic model. Uh, one of the models they love the Phillips curve. Right? The Phillips curve was really simple. Hey, if you boost debt, you create the ability for companies to borrow money, and they will use that money to create jobs, right, build factories, put in the R&D, and then they're gonna boost jobs, and when you boost jobs, then wages rise, right? The, that That's the Phillips curve. What we ended up getting is what we have today, which is they borrowed the money, but not to, to create jobs, they borrowed it to buy back their own stock, I mean, that's what they did with it. The the jobs growth that they claim, it really isn't growth at all, because it's what? Poor pay, part-time. You know, there's some, there's a few, it doesn't act like there's no good jobs out there, there's a risk. But that's the exception. That's not the norm. That's the exception. And then you start looking at today's Wall Street Journal, there was three different articles. Retail landlords finding it harder to get a loan. U.S. commercial property loans falling. And business lending is slowing. And no one is certain why. That was that. No one's certain. You, You couldn't find anybody They asked everybody, the Wall Street Journal, they asked everybody, why is it happening? No one can tell you. I don't know. I can tell you why. And the answer really is quite simple. One of the great mysteries and the biggest concerns in the economy right now is the slowing growth in bank lending. Let's see, we've, we've talked about it. Car sales falling. Home sales are kind of what, I mean, they're stagnant, right? Maybe a little better, but they're still only half of what they used to be, right? As, as, as a percentage of the population, less and less of, of us actually even own a home. Then we talked about student loans, $1.4 trillion. It's probably, you know, it's probably already one point five trillion student loan debt is now second behind a mortgage then cars then credit cards all over a trillion and they don't understand no one knows why lending is slowing. picture radio news hour we'll be back after the break This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt.
1: The campaign for a new constitutional convention masquerades under the misleading slogan, Convention of States. This falsely implies that states can exert some measure of control over the agenda, rules, or apportionment of a convention to amend the U.S. Constitution. In fact, all such powers are reserved to Congress or to the convention itself. The Constitution says that only Congress may call a constitutional convention, so it wouldn't really be a convention of states, but rather would be convened or called under the direction of power brokers in Washington, D.C., Congress or the Supreme Court would require the convention to be apportioned by population, which means big liberal states like California and New York would have greater power than most conservative states. Rex Lee, the legendary Solicitor General under President Ronald Reagan, wrote that there's no way to limit the scope of a constitutional convention to a single issue or issues stipulated by those who advocate it. Anyone who guarantees such a limited convention, Rex Lee added, is either deluded or deluding. Former Chief Justice Warren Burger also warned against the false hope that an Article 5 convention could be limited. The convention could make its own rules and set its own agenda, Burger wrote. After a convention is convened, it will be too late to stop the convention if we don't like its agenda. A Democratic state senator in Utah who voted against the measure in his state said that when you begin replacing Madison and Jefferson and Hamilton, you're going to need a lot of help. Well, Phyllis Schlafly once remarked, Alas, I don't see any George Washingtons, James Madisons, Ben Franklins, or Alexander Hamiltons around who could do as good a job as the Founding Fathers, and I'm worried about the men who think they can. Well, Phyllis is credited with defeating the push for a constitutional convention in the 1980s, and she considered these efforts to be as important as defeating the Equal Rights Amendment a decade earlier. The original Constitutional Convention of 1787 had three essential conditions—complete secrecy from the media, participants who fought in the American Revolution, and George Washington presiding. None of those necessary conditions exist today.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. On the blog at pseagles.com, you are invited to take a stand against those who would mock traditional values, slander America, or try to redefine the family. PSEagles.com is your site to speak from the heart, ask questions, and get honest feedback. Won't you join the conversation at PSEagles.com? Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Double J and all of you. I hope it finds you well out there today. You know, we're talking about, they can't figure it out. Why aren't the banks lending any of this money? And then you start really thinking about it. The answer really is what? Pretty simple. Which is, not enough people who don't need money are applying for a loan. Right? Because we know the bank only wants to lend you money if you don't need it. And maybe the the fact that every retailer, even Walmart, did Walmart's laying off again? I don't know where it all ends. I really, really don't. Uh, but but it really is amazing. If you go out to, on our website today uh, at allamericangold.com, really great article talking about retirement and the boomers and, and how much money... Uh, that they're going to need and and the reliance upon Social Security. And I saw Donald Trump's tax guy was out today. He did an interview today uh, trying to encourage the president to reform Social Security uh, and said so far that's been a no-go. Uh, but what are you going to do? Right, we we already have $20 trillion in debt. Social Security pays out more money than it takes in. So essentially, it's insulting. Because there is no trust And it's one of the greatest things that I think it's almost like an American thing. If we just pretend and we just keep saying it, People will believe it. You know the Social Security, since its inception. You know you go back to the to the Great Depression, and you think about uh, all the things that they had put in. One of the things was, hey, you know these these older men that were working and their bodies got broken down and they got laid off and we need to have a safety net. And it was essentially the start of socialism. I mean, that's really what it was. We're from the government and we need to help you separate yourself from your money. (laughs) That's what social security is, right? The government says, hey, we are going to force you to take part of your paycheck, right? We're going to take it from you so we can give it to somebody else. That's essentially what it is. And they don't say it like that because they don't want you to know it. And for all of my life, and for most of you out there listening, all of your life, that's how it's always been. Right? And you just kind of accept it. Right the first time your son or your daughter went to work, right, and they got a job and they're they making ten bucks an hour and they get paid every two weeks and they they work twenty hours a week and they were expecting their check to say four hundred dollars on it. <laughs> and then when they get their check, they're like, Who's this FICA guy? Why is he taking all my money? Right? Because they had already, listen, they had already spent the 400 bucks in their mind. Right? <laughs> right? They had already spent it. And it used to be that we pay as we go. How much money does that retired person need? Okay? And that number was small. I mean, it used to only be like one percent less than one percent and every couple of years they may have to raise it a little bit and they would and then they decided that you know you, you go back to, to to the Reagan years and this was probably the first real uh, you know I remember, George Bush Senior when they were campaigning against each other called it voodoo economics and I don't want anyone to say Ronald Reagan was a great president I loved him and I wasn't even old enough to vote I was 10 when he uh, came into office but he was he was my president right through you know junior high and high school I mean he was he was the guy the great communicator, and he he ate jelly beans. He he was uh he was a cowboy, right? He was a he was in the movies, which I didn't know him as an actor, and I didn't know that he was on the radio before any of that. But he he made America feel great, right? He did, and we kind of or we wish Trump was a uh, was more like Reagan, right? If he could talk like Reagan, it'd be even better, wouldn't it? But Trump's trying to, essentially trying to capture that same feeling. And I've never forgotten that voodoo economics line from Bush Sr. And, you know, some people called it supply-side economics, right? And this is really where we got the, the invention of two different things concurring at the same time one was trade deficits and Reagan didn't start them i think the last trade surplus we ran was in the 70s but ronald reagan kind of made sure we'd never run one again right we we made a trade we're going to go we're going to spend more money we're going to spend a bunch of money and we need somebody to buy it Right? We're gonna go into debt at a level the country has never seen, and we need somebody to buy that debt. That was the trade off. But one of the things that was the the I, I would say the
1: upfront
0: piece of it. Right? That was the upfront. That was the part they were kind of willing to concede. The second part of it was a behind-the-scenes one that none of us really saw. And really, quite honestly, let's face it, we didn't see it because they lied about it. And to this day, somehow they get the media to lie with them. And the liberal media lies even more than the conservative media about it. It's amazing. Of course, we're talking about Social Security. You know, they cut all of these taxes and most of it was for business. You know, Reagan was a big business tax cutter. This is this was the era now where businesses don't pay taxes and now they play games and all that other stuff. But that's for a different show. But we're gonna talk about the tax increase they put on the American public and what it means for our future. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Sure as I'm sitting here, I promise you, I guarantee it, they haven't fixed anything. Now they perpetuated lie after lie after lie. Right? And I've been talking about one of the, the most criminal ones, right, your 401k. Right, they convinced us all we have to do it, and we did it. Right, and companies, oh yeah, we'll match. You know, companies used to give you a pension. <laughs> right. Let's get rid of that because that costs a lot. And we'll we'll match, and then when things are bad, we'll take away the match, and blah blah blah, and 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 save us a fortune. Of course, one of the reasons why Social Security right is be what so important now, right? Because no one gets a pension. But you're supposed to be making all this interest. You don't anymore, and you're never going to again. But the other one, Social Security. Remember, it used to be pay-as-you-go. So every three, four years, you may have to go up a quarter of a cent, right, Or, or a quarter of a percent as more people needed it, as more people retired. But they came up with this great scheme, and it was fantastic. They said, uh, you know, and Alan Greenfield, by the way, before he became head of the Federal Reserve, this is what he did to get that job. Hey, we got to get ready. You know, we got these baby boomers. (laughs) Think about it. It's 1980, right? 1981, 82, right? We got these baby boomers. And in about 35 years or so, we're going to have a big problem. So we need to raise the tax on Social Security a bunch. And they did it. They cut some taxes, raised that tax, so you didn't, right? They they just moved it around. So it felt kind of the same, but it wasn't. In the original legislation, do you know that it was written in there that the government wasn't going to be allowed to touch it? And do you know what they did so it would pass? They took that provision out. Right? So the lockbox and the trust fund, right? none of that ever existed. But it made for good good theater, right? It made it seem like, like uh, Obamacare. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, it's going to be cheap, right? All that stuff. None of that was true, but it felt good to say it. And so now here we are, and, and we're at the point of what they were worried about. And of course really what they wanted to do was spend a whole lot of money and not act like they spent it. I mean cuz you think about it 1971 the debt was 400 billion. 1981 it hit a trillion. <laughs> that was that was quick. But it's nothing like what we see now and so all during the 80s and the 90s The government was collecting way more than it needed from us. And think about it. I mean, they were robbing us. They just robbed. They didn't need it for that. They just wanted to spend it and act like they weren't. And they robbed our paycheck week after week, month after month. Just like the Federal Reserve did when they brought interest rates down to nothing. They don't place any value whatsoever on our money. None. And now today Social Security pays out more than it takes in. And they pretend it doesn't with these accounting you know, though they, they they keep this filing cabinet <laughs> somewhere in Maryland. Right and I wonder how big it is. Right? Is it one of those four drawer ones? Or do they, like, need a whole hallway to keep them all in, right? I mean, you know, how big is this this cabinet? And they just have these IOUs, and they call them (laughs) non-marketable. The reason why they say they're non-marketable is because there's really no money there. It's literally an IOU. Hey, uh, we, we took it, and we spent it, but we'll replace it later. And the later now is it, we're here now, and all of them know. Social Security we're just in the we're in the early stages of it with the baby boomers, and it's going to explode. And right right now, they should be talking about hey we need to raise the rates on that that FICA person whoever he is. That needs to go up to pay for it. But you see, their problem is, right, go back almost 40 years ago, 30-some-odd years ago, they lied to everybody. They just don't want to tell you they lied. Hey, yeah, I know, you know, we robbed you of your pay. Instead, we were robbing you for a good reason. Right, and that reason was we're going to put it in this lockbox now, when these baby boomers get ready to retire, we're going to be able to pay for it without raising, without it costing you more. Of course, it didn't happen. And now, if you go out to our website, just read it for yourself. Get educated. Because when you do that, you know what to expect, and you know how to prepare and I promise you, being prepared is not buying debt markets. That's not preparing. Why do you think the Dallas Federal Reserve chairman came out today and said, yeah, growth through debt's probably over? Yeah, because there's too much debt. That's why. Patriot Radio News Hour, we'll be back. Final segment coming up. Final segment on a Wednesday. So. The media wants you to hear, oh, we see gradual rate rises. And, yeah, we're going to start working on this balance sheet, right, from the Fed governor. What they don't want you to focus it on is, yeah, uh, growth but with debt is no longer feasible. And because he knows. We're entering into a period where deficits are going to be growing without any help. (laughs) Now we start trying to help, and it's really going to get bad. And, you know, we start talking about things nobody wants to talk about. Let me give you an example. Let's just say you made $2,000 a month from Social Security, okay? What would it take to have that number be feasible? How big of a cut? And the answer is really simple. 500 bucks. You have to be willing to go from 2000 a month to $500 a month. Not 1500 500 That's how big the problem is. Right? We don't talk about balanced budgets anymore because you can't. We don't talk about the deficit anymore because they can't. And now at least you're starting to hear at least some times they will tell you the truth. And today, for whatever reason, the Fed governor of, of Dallas spoke some truth today. The problem I have is he filtered it with a bunch of lies around it. <laughs> I mean, right? I'm going to say the truth so that way I can go on record and say, well, see, I told you. It's like Alan Greenspan and his irrational exuberance line. Right? They give him the credit for that, but of course he was the one that perpetuated that bubble to begin with. So all week we've been running fractional gold all week. Yesterday we ran the two and a half dollar Indians at the lowest price we've ever run. They were two hundred and thirty five dollars. Uh, there' we there's still uh, some of those available. So if you if you missed yesterday and you wanted those two and a half, I still have some available at two thirty five. Uh and then today, uh, to keeping on that theme of that fractional theme, US ten dollar these are the $10 Indians. Okay, so these are the female version, right? So it's Lady Liberty, and she's got the uh, Indian headdress on. U.S. $10 Indians. They're $700. And when you're talking about Indians and being uh, that competitively priced compared to spots. I mean, that that hasn't happened since I've worked here. I mean, Indians have always been considerably more expensive, and they still are. But U.S. $10 Indians today at $700 going to go out with a little Jay Isles and remember our youth. Everybody have a great rest of your hump day. One more show before the end of the week. Take care. I can see it was a
1: rough, tough Tuesday. Slow motion weekend, stand me down.